Have you done any furniture shopping? Uh, not really. Bro, okay, please. While I have the week off from G4, like this Friday, let's go and I'll help you find stuff. Yeah, I want to I, I wanna do that. I uh, Please. It I, makes it so much more livable. Yeah. What are you doing after this? What am I doing after? Well, Caroline just got back from Armenia after being gone for 10 days. She was in Armenia? Yeah, dude. I've been, I've been literally doing G4 stream, all Farley stuff, all the house care stuff because... There's a, there's, you didn't even ask about this, but I told Austin a pipe exploded two floors above mine. So my entire bathroom is like totaled. I got to replace every drywall in it. Don't you get insurance for that? Yeah. But like, still I have to like coordinate all the guys coming in and like looking at the wall. Come live with my mom and dad. My schedule for the last like two weeks has been so insane. It's just like. So I, and like I have to hike with Farley, so he'll get so tired he'll pass out during my stream, or else he goes yeah. fucking crazy. Homeownership problems, dude. It's, it's real. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It turns out being a landlord is a real job. No, yeah, kidding. dude. Yeah, um, we were we were so wrong. Yeah, no. It's just like I don't know. She's just been um, she's just been going crazy. Like she'll just like text me. She'll go to like a like a furniture store. And while I'm on stream and there's like, you know, 30,000, 40,000 people watching and I'm like talking about Afghanistan and my phone is just like, it's like, these are the, you know, furnitures like, you know, and then, and then she'll be like, pick one, pick one now, pick one now. And then she'll call me. I'm like, but Dude, mom, you got to go get furniture or else your mom is going to pack your shit place with shit you don't want. And yeah. it, furniture is so hard to get rid of, bro. Yeah. It's, it, it's no, awful. I, I know. And, and you know, she has my debit card. So oh, it's God, like, she's, just, she's buying furniture on a debit card. Wait, why not? Use your credit card. You dingus. I don't have one. Oh my God. How do you, okay. Just let's fucking just roll the tape. Okay. Shit, let's just get started. We'll do this version for this one. His, his name is Hassan. There it is. I'm saying it, dude. I've been drinking pre-workout already. I'm ready. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Liar, dude. dude. Yo. Yeah. We're we're back. Yeah. We're super back. You sitting on my side of the room, baby. Feels nice. You don't sound enthused. Wait, I'm juiced. Okay. All right. Wait, good. what? I thought you were. I don't know. I was a little worried. I did. I finished streaming ten minutes ago. Oh, okay. Man. Four yeah. o'clock in the morning. I'm doing my best. I've been I've been whipping him behind the scenes, like you know, yelling at him, like you better be here on time. Yeah. I'm just has got a remote control vibrator in my butt, and every time I don't yeah. spark up, he just ah. The problem is, <laughs> it just it it uh, you know encourages him to be bad all the time. Yeah, he's just like punish me. Yeah, it's fucked Ooh. up. It's oh messed up, no! Dude. Did I make another inappropriate joke? <laughs> oh God! Why? Why the baby? Why voice? am I Elmer Fudd? In yeah, my or sex? I, well, I thought you were doing baby Ooh. voice. That's even. I've been a naughty old. Wabbit hunter. <laughs> oh, dude, sexy gay Elmer Fudd so is good. not what I thought you were gonna start this oh. off with. <laughs> yeah, There's you a, never know where I'm coming. from. I know. There's a lot to talk about today because so much has happened since last week. Yeah. 
America's officially ended its 20-year war. It's the its longest war, one year over Did Vietnam. Listen, listen. I got no problem with that, but there's some I got an issue with. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. All right. We left the dogs, man. That's not even real. We man. left the dog soldiers. We literally did not. We left them. I, don't I saw a, I saw a motherfucking German shepherd with goggles on, and he's over there being forced to learn the Koran in dog. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, no. The dog, his life, his quality of life is going to change dramatically. First he got of all, little slides on his dog feet, and he's doing like the sock dance. Apparently, that's not even true. Like, that was just, I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, we shot him. What? What? No, dude. Jesus we Christ. We can't have those dogs getting in the hands of the Taliban. Well, for, first of all, America does not give a fuck about leaving equipment yeah. behind to the Taliban. Did we leave 40, them like planes? Dude, we gave them, uh, 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 there was this article that, uh, you know, documented all of the fucking things that we left behind, which, by the way, is, for those of you who don't know, like, a normal part of war. That's just how it works. If you're fucking butthurt about it, then, like, don't go to Afghanistan. You know what I mean? Like, don't. Don't invade foreign countries because mm. it would cost, like, trillions of dollars to, like, ship back these, you know, 40-year-old pieces of equipment that, and it's so much easier to just, like, decommission them blow it up yeah i think and, i think also they might be giving they might be doing the uh elmer fudd a little bit what's that where they're like oh please don't fly into international airspace with one of those planes oh i thought you were i thought you were so saying they could just drone I thought they were strike like, the entire please, mr taliban you're looking so good today <laughs> oh mr taliban please oh, i've been a bad any, boy please don't take any of those weapons we left to spark off an international you know, it's like they're not. By us. So that's what I, I personally think. Like, first, well, of all, I mean, if they, you know, if the Taliban flies into airspace, the global community gets a little cooler about you bombing a, a hospital or sex. I mean, that's true. That you're bringing up a really good point. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, there's like a, all of a sudden, there's another threat. You know, ISIS, and now we yeah. lock arms with the Taliban and fight against that. That's like, you know, we got to keep doing these drone strikes and Hellfire yeah. missiles and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm going to get into that in a second, uh, but um, you know, just to give a top line analysis of what's going on, we ended our 20 year war in Afghanistan. It was incredibly costly. So many human casualties, especially on the Afghan side, obviously casualties on the American side as well, which is what most people care about, unfortunately, here in America. More than 70,000 Afghan civilians died um, to drone strikes, JSOC operations, numerous other things that we've done there. This has just been monstrous, horrible. Meanwhile, you know, yeah, we built a green zone in Kabul, certainly, where like women were allowed to take advantage of the extra liberties that they had. Yeah. That they million, did not under. Three million women went to school. That's about Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens. The uh, Taliban claim that they're going to continue it, but I don't believe mm -hmm. that, obviously. They're just there, but they are doing a lot of PR. They're like, this is Taliban 2.0, bro. We are so different. We're so different, you know? Uh, we are going to do Quran training all day. Women can go to school. It's very different, bro. <laughs> I, dude, I can't wait to see the Taliban, like, G Gillette commercial. Where they're what? like, we understand that we can do better here at the Taliban. <laughs> toxic masculinity yeah, is a big problem. It's a huge problem, man. <laughs> yes, it hurts. It hurts us. It hurts men more than it hurts women, if you believe the me. The best man can get Taliban. <laughs> the best man can get. Yeah. 
Um, that's first of all, you know those motherfuckers ain't shaving, okay? <laughs> that's the worst. That, that's the worst uh, group of individuals yeah. to sell uh, razors Bro, to. Don't don't let the beard fool you. From the neck down, shaved. Oh, uh, uh, fully. <laughs> I mean, uh, homies are uh, they wear uh, the guy liner? So I, I, I mean, you know, that's hot are, though. They do. They look, dude. Okay, this is fucked up. Okay. But like every time Vice or CNN, like Clarissa Ward is out there, like I'm here interviewing a Taliban. I look at some of these dudes, and some of these dudes are hot, bro. Yeah, they're hot. Like I mean, their their well, style been, is been like training. You know, they've yeah, been training. Yeah. They've been working out a lot. Yeah, they've been working out. Their brains with Allah. Okay, they've just been at the madrasa, fucking hitting the books. Yeah. Okay, they know so much about the Quran. So much. And then and then all they know is Quran and fighting, bro. Have yeah. you ever seen like uh, those videos of like ISIS training videos? And oh, stuff? dude, the best is when they like seize a gym and they have no idea how the equipment works. Oh yeah. So you see like a dude like doing back workouts on like a <laughs> like a yeah. back press. And, a like, dude with a fucking rocket propelled grenade like in his <laughs> yeah. back. Uh, he's just like, yeah, this is cool, bro. Hey, hey we're homies. We're just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I mean, a lot of memes have come out of it, right? It's a obviously devastation for the people of Afghanistan, yeah. but uh, also you know, thirty-eight million person country. But uh, the reality is that uh, it's ultimately a really good decision. I'm fully in support of boss man Biden. I've I've been I'm a Biden head now. Like I'm a Biden bro. You're I've Biden been Stan. I've been defending him nonstop, which is crazy. Yeah, to dude. that, I never thought we would get here. Like he's I like Marshawn Lynch in press conferences too. I love it. Yeah, he says what he has to say. <laughs> you go to ask him questions. He's like, "Not today, Jack." Yeah, no. He's like, "I'm only here because they would find me if <laughs> yeah, I wasn't exactly. Jack." Cut the malarkey. I'm out of here. Yeah, let's let's actually watch that. Let's roll the tape. What did sure. what did Boss Man Biden have to say about Dumb pulling out of Boss Man Biden? Boss Man Biden. All right, let's let's listen to what this sexy ass Irishman has to say, dude. He's just fucking killing it, dude. God, he's so hot. There we go. Let's see. We're left with a simple decision: either follow through on the commitment made by the last administration and leave Afghanistan, or say we weren't leaving. And commit another tens of thousands more troops going back to war. That was the choice, the real choice, between leaving or escalating. I was not going to extend this forever war. And I was not extending a forever exit. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. That's what it's hot. That's hot. He's just he's just cutting the malarkey. He left won the breakup. Right. What? Yeah. He's He's killing it, dude. Yeah, he's got a revenge body. Yeah. He's been getting a lot. Uh, I mean, he's been getting, like, nonstop hate for this, obviously. Like, since since uh, we announced the evacuation and then the Taliban took over, like, the media has just been going crazy. Like, they yeah. are they are psychotic. to lose a war, man. They're sadistic. Yeah, it's and tough. it's so funny. Like, I believe uh, the latest numbers according to Vote Vets was, like, 65% of veterans believe that like you know withdrawing was the right thing to do the overwhelming majority of Americans believed it leading up to the uh, media frenzy and now even now there's like I mean some of these numbers are insane like YouGov did a poll where they basically were like would you still support a withdrawal if 9-11-2 happened because, you know, we left the Afghanistan to the Taliban? Like, that's literally one of the questions Jesus that they Christ. had. And, and even then, 45% said yes and 40% said no. Eighteen twenty-two. Like, it's just, they're on board. 
Jeez. 45% of Americans, even after they were like asking the question, like, do you think 9-11 too can happen? And like, because we left if Afghanistan. If Osama bin Laden was revived by Satan, would yeah. you still feel the same way? Yeah, exactly. And, and they're crazy. And I wanted to show you. Oh. I wanted to show you exactly how horny they are. So this is basically like a great summarization of what the White House press corps has been saying and doing and asking from the from the White House uh, thus far. So let's take a look at what they had yeah. to say. Does the president envision any situation in which he might de deploy a, a large uh, amount of U.S. troops uh, abroad? So he's saying, does the president envision any situation in which we might deploy a large amount of U.S. troops abroad under his presidency? I think one of the pieces that he talked about in the speech was how he views our engagement in the world. And I think this is probably why you're asking this question. Um, and the horrible scenes and memories of the last few weeks. And as we think about how we embark on or how we use military force, uh, these moments and these divisions of the last several weeks or months or years should stick in us. And he may stick in our minds. She basically is like, I mean, not here, but like for the most part, she's like, don't worry, we're still going to do war. Like, don't worry, we'll get, we'll give you the crumbs, dude. And one of the things that was incredibly frustrating was seeing someone like Richard Engel, who is like the head war correspondent with the sexy yeah. quaffed hair. He's got like the the uh, the Tel Aviv tan. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's he's been in the war torn like conflict zones for a very long time. Like and he has been just going like buck wild. Like mm. the shit that he tweets out is completely inappropriate i wanted to take a look at that really quickly so basically he was saying um you know he, he yesterday he was saying biden is saying afghanistan was yesterday's news yesterday's terror threat that he's guided by future threats how can the taliban who still deny bin laden was responsible for 9-11 controlling a country in the center of asia not constitute a current and future threat first and foremost let me just fucking say something okay mm. dog Saudi Arabia is our greatest ally. You have already betrayed your values of like peace in the Middle East by like uh, admitting Al Qaeda and also Bin Laden uh, were responsible for 9/11. Like, what are you talking about? We we align with the people that did 9/11. They're our most important allies in the Middle East. Yeah, in that region. So yes, the Taliban, for those of you who are wondering, like, oh, I can't believe we're, you know, aligning with the Taliban. Yeah, motherfucker, of course we are. That's what we do. We do that all the time. Time to normalize relationships with the Taliban. We gift wrapped Afghanistan, gave it to the Taliban so that they could secure and maintain stability in the region. And I believe that they will do that incredibly violently through incredibly violent means. Uh, but inevitably so that we can build uh, facilities to start enriching minerals and extracting minerals appropriately because it's a super mineral dense region specifically lithium is something that we're very interested in china has yeah, mining contracts that they established dog yeah without, i mean that, without al-qaeda yeah. you can't have no playstations that's what i'm saying yeah if you want a ps5 dude get excited the taliban <laughs> are the taliban are keeping that shit locked down that's okay right. but taliban are <laughs> But like that's but that is the reality. Like one of the main hurdles the always must flow. What it, which is ironic that you say that because shit's coming out on nine eleven, yeah. and and also is directly about the Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically, uh, we realize that like we will never be able to take out like these. We will never be able to extract lithium. 
and and uh, secure it if the Taliban is always a threat there. And the Afghan government's never going to be able to ensure stability. So they were like, all right, let's do this deal with the Taliban and we get the fucking contracts and they get the third largest air fleet on the planet. Yeah. Apparently now they are behind us and China and I think maybe Russia they're like the fourth largest air fleet because of nice. our fucking. Nice. <laughs> they also have a team of German shepherds that we left behind. We did not leave the so German many good boys. We did not. Be- we did not leave them behind, bro. That's crazy. No good boys left behind. Um, but you know what you're saying is actually funny because like there's this guy named Pen Farthing. He's like a British royal. Uh, Navy Marine, and he apparently had like was running this uh, animal sanctuary in yeah. Afghanistan, which is like, yeah, that's your that's a it's weird a tough place to run. An animal yeah, that's kind of odd, but okay. Um, <laughs> we dude, saved another desert. Snake dude, he had 150. Today. Yeah, he had 150 fucking animals. Oh. and he left his staff behind, and he left with him and 150 animals. Oh man. He left his staff behind, bro. No good boys left behind. Yeah, he was doing this campaign. Like, Ricky Gervais was like, yeah, we need to bring them back. We need to bring them back. It's like, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I love dogs. You guys know this already. But, like, in a, situation, in a situation where it's, like, dogs or, like, human beings, I'm I'm siding with the human beings. You know yeah. what I mean? I Like... It's nuts to me that we are placing like emphasis over uh, in a situation where there's limited resources, we're placing emphasis over animals rather than like human beings that we could evacuate. But of course, once again, like people care more about dogs, especially like when they are um, optics. Well, people care more about dogs than they do about Afghan refugees. That's for sure. Jesus, Like they would, you know, it's like, you know, okay. Shit's popping off right now. Yeah. On the mean streets of Hollywood. That's in true. the background. I don't know if you can hear it, but so so I was I was confused and I've been confused as to why this guy's saying this. Uh there's also the second part of this. Can you show the second? Yep, this is the second. Oh, this is it, yeah. He says the US and Taliban agreed for American troops to leave in exchange for Afghanistan to never again be a safe haven for Al Qaeda slash international terrorists. Why wasn't this deal reached, say, 18 years ago before sacrificing so many lives slash so much money? I've asked. Can't find a good answer. What happened? Like, in 2020, he's like, why didn't we do this 20 years ago? Like, why didn't we do this 18 years ago? And now he's like, now that we did it, he's like, no, I don't want this. I don't want this at all. Not like this. And, of course, uh, we can go to the second uh, tweet of the thread. Engel's bad tweets are a part of a larger problem, says Jeet here. Uh, a, a larger pattern of establishment uh, disingenuous uh, about Afghanistan. And what he's basically showing there is, you know, the, the coverage is ramped up dramatically on Afghanistan. Nobody gave a shit. That's the reality. Like, no one cared about Afghanistan for 20 fucking years. We yeah. deliberately did not show I coffins. I most Americans couldn't even tell you that we were still over there. Yeah. Like, the ones that only knew were military families, and the military families were absolutely in support of withdrawal. Yeah. And now, of course, disingenuously, the media is like the 13, you know, soldiers that die. They're going to constantly talk about that. I see memes all over. Like, they're pouring 13 beers at the bar for, like, the 13 soldiers and whatnot. And it's like, dude, you never cared. Like, people were just dying left and right. And you know what? You know when the most people died? When we fucking surged, okay? When the troop surge happened, there were 200 
uh, military uh, members dying a year in Afghanistan. Yeah. Why? Because when there's more troops, there's more targets, okay? You have to ultimately look at why we're there. And we were not there for any good reason, and everybody knew it, and it was revealed to military high command, to the intelligence community, very, very like a long ass time ago, Donald Rumsfeld was like literally talking about in 2002 or 2003, straight up, like two years into the invasion at that point, I don't know who the fuck we're shooting at. He's like, we need to find better targets. We need to find better uh, enemies like that are telegenic, that we're killing because no one seems to know who the fuck we're fighting. It was a bullshit war for money for the military industrial complex. And that's unfortunately the reason why so many people died. It's that's the main reason for the bloodshed. But of course, when you think about Richard Engel, why is he so upset about the U.S. withdrawing from Afghanistan? Well, just ask him. Uh, he talked honestly in his book, War Journal, about how he knew the Iraq war was going to be great for the careers of people like him. This is John, John Schwartz found this. So, you know, shouts out to John Schwartz. Uh, and in it, he says, in the run-up to the war, it was very clear that Iraq was a land where careers were going to be made. I sneaked into Iraq before the war because I thought the conflict would be the turning point in the Middle East, where I had already been living for seven years. As a young freelancer, I believe some reporters would die covering the Iraq war and that others would make a name for themselves. The second part is really fun, though. I got to read this. Zarqawi, another young and ambitious freelancer, had a similar idea, albeit with a radically different goal. I wanted to be a great reporter. Zarqawi wanted to rival bin Laden. He's comparing himself to, like, the reason why we invaded Iraq. The, the you know, uh, or the, the connection between bin Laden and, and ISIS and Iraq and uh you know the terror cells in iraq that was like used as a reason for why we invaded iraq at the time my big break was being one of the few american journalists who stayed in iraq during the u.s invasion sarkawi's break was tapping into a stock of trained frustrated army and intelligence officers spurned and betrayed by the united <laughs> states worried about the shiite ascendancy and looking for a new cause my man literally is just like yeah me and me and the guy who is like you know seen as like the foundational leader of isis yeah. we got a lot in common same same, <laughs> same same yeah we were just doing that same we were on that same shit dude you know so <sighs> so that's where we're at uh i love that joe biden is still you know unconditionally saying like no we're still we'll still we're still withdrawing what do you think was gonna happen he keeps saying like there was never gonna be a situation where it wasn't yeah. dirty jack like it's gonna happen that's how wars end and he's right when you fucking withdraw from a 20-year military occupation, that's it's how ugly. it works. It's ugly. Yeah. That's that's the reason why we're seeing, like, the, you know, tactical Taliban. Have you seen, like, yeah. the, the special units homies just, like, walking around yeah. with, like, backwards caps and, like... Slides and night Oakley's. vision goggles, yeah. Yeah, now they're all, like, dressed up like American hogs, dude. Yeah. Which is funny, because I think that's oh, part man, of the reason I can, why... I, I hope they left some porn. Because that's how you incept freedom. Yeah, that's right, baby. You leave a fucking Big Mac and some porn, and Ahmed, you know, gets his first taste. Oh, what? <laughs> See some fucking fake titties? My God. Yeah, we're gonna we're and gonna then, give them the capital brain goes rot out the window. so yeah, they yeah. can stop. Exactly. So, so they will. They too will become that's obese right. consumers. Yeah, that's right, baby. You <laughs> leave that shit over there. 
fucking come back in two years, they're all on rascal scooters, dude. They all have diabetes. Yeah. We trade them insulin for their fucking lithium. Clap That's right. That's how you win. Yeah. That's how you win. Exactly. I need a heart stint. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so so now they just they they run it, they control it, and everyone still wants to like go back to war, go back to war. The British are very upset with us. They're very upset. They're like, oh, how dastardly. Yeah. We should have never pulled out Mr. Biden. It's no. terrible. And it's like to it's them I say far better to keep your face and send thousands of men to the death. Yeah. Yeah, to them I say, you're literally British, okay? You blew a 13-colony lead. You blew it. You can't. You (laughs) can't talk, bitch. You can't. Sorry. You go back. How about that? True. Yeah, you're... you're, People in the British Army literally fucking wear shorts when they're fighting. Unacceptable, okay? I... I'm going to take the other. You know what? We rarely fully disagree. I fully disagree. You think shorts are acceptable combat gear? the range of motion in those... Like, what if you need to do it? What if you? What if you need to do a Jean Claude Van Damme split? Yeah, nobody. Cargo pants? No way. Yeah. Sh- short booty shorts. Booty shorts. They're not wearing booty shorts. They're wearing. Well, maybe long they shorts. should. Yeah, they're wearing like basketball. Maybe they shorts. should hang a little ass cheek out the back in the in the British <laughs> Hello. Hang a little ham. Oh, you like what you see, yeah. big boy? I see you wearing the guy liner. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guess well, what? I'll see your guy liner and raise you some booty shorts, some buttocks. <laughs> oh, uh, take a look at what? <laughs> take a look at that British ham. I need some fanfic where yeah. you know Jason Statham and the British military just f- f- fucks. They're just like the hanging dong. They're just dropping ass. Yeah, dude. They, 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 you know, during some fight. <sighs> They fall yeah. in like a foxhole together. They fall in a foxhole together and they start making out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I fucking, yeah. Oh, you're, you're a hardened warrior. That's right. Yeah. And he's like, yes, I am very hard right now. Yeah. Allah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the sequel. It's called Call Me By Your Name, Habibi. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So that's what's, that's, that's going on. You know, we're wrapping <laughs> Afghanistan with that one. Okay. He's on that bailing. note. Yeah. You know, people stay mad about the fucking... The Taliban, all I'm going to say is their stocks are rising, okay? Homie's got the third largest fucking fleet, uh, air fleet now in the world, or fourth largest air fleet now in the world. Only if they knew how to fly. They do, because they... They've been playing flight simulator, they're ready, baby. Yeah, so there's that. And then also there's, like, the Afghan special forces that we trained, right? Yeah. So they're, like, now, obviously, you know, they're with the Taliban government. So. So there was that one helicopter. It was a Black Hawk that had a dude hanging from it. Did you see that video? So this video was circulating on the internet, and uh, it was a dude that's just, like, hanging from a Black Hawk. And from afar, it looks like someone was hung. Like, they hanged him and, like, killed him, right? Yeah. But no, it turns out it's, like, there's a Taliban guy who's, like, you know, on a harness. Yeah. Uh, They've harnessed uh, him to the fucking Black Hawk on a fucking rope. And apparently he was trying to put a flag up. (laughs) With a Black Hawk, dude. Seems efficient. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ted Cruz, of course, like immediately posted about it and was like, this is what they're doing. They're they're using such spectacular ways of, you know, murdering people. Yeah. Now the Taliban, they, they strung them up by the penis. Yeah. And it's like, um, dude, we literally killed like an entire family yeah, two we, days ago. An entire Afghan bombing. family died. Hospitals for a while. All right, moving on. All right, let's, I see let's get Texas to it. abortion laws are insane. Yes, uh, Texas. You got pass- You have to win a duel now to get an abortion. Yeah, it's it's fucking nuts. Uh, there's some really unique parts of this, and we'll 
we'll look at that in a second. I don't play the video yet. I just want to get started off by saying that, uh, first and foremost, Texas passed 666 bills. Because okay. you know the Texas Democrats in the state had That's run away. That's a lot of bills. Yeah, they'd run away. Uh, and, and it was actually a good thing that they did in order to like deny quorum. And you know they, they came back eventually and uh, they negotiated a little bit. And then they passed... They passed uh, 666 laws. One of those was this like psychotic law where there's a $10,000 bounty on anyone that facilitates AIDS and abets and facilitates in an abortion. Like they, they built this, you know, citizen reporting system. Yeah. And now you can get a $10,000 bounty if you like successfully narc on someone getting an abortion. And the law is so expansive and so overreaching that like if you're the uber driver driving someone to the abortion clinic you can all you're still liable like you can be sued by other private citizens so it's completely psychotic <sighs> they found like a new way because they know they have no like actual jurisdiction actual federal authority like they can't use the state to criminalize abortion at that at that level so they are just like trying to use like you know burdensome legal paperwork Basically, you can sue doctors and you can sue like Uber drivers, shit like that. And um, because of the uniqueness in the the uh, tyrannical approach that the Republican evangelicals took to this issue, the Supreme Court overnight in the most cowardly way, cowardly way possible did not block this. So now Jesus. functionally, like in the state of Texas, there's a couple insane laws that just passed, but this one is uh, one of them. Um, so let's take a look at what they uh, have to say about, you know, the, the glory of yeehaw in Texas. On what grounds, Julia, help me. I don't, I don't get this. Like, maybe I'm misunderstanding it. This actually lets private citizens who have zero connection to the person getting an abortion take legal action. I, how does this even work? Why? That's right. It means someone with no connection at all could be able to get $10,000, just as we just pointed out. It even means you could sue an Uber driver who drives someone to an abortion clinic. These are laws stricter Jesus. than what we have in place for someone who would drive someone who's about to commit an act of terrorism to the place where they actually right. commit this act. So it's a very right. strict law. Right now, the Supreme Court could act on a piece of this if they take up what would be an emergency application from several of those Texas abortion providers, but they did not act overnight. So Why? it does go into effect. That is so, I'm just having a hard time wrapping my mind around that. It's like they, they literally are, they're like, you know what, you know what people love narking on others, put stick in their nose That's where right. it don't belong. So let's make it, Let's let's incentivize people for yeah. fucking sticking Paddling. their noses where it won't belong. It's like, um, and uh, the other side of this, of course, Dude, you is know what this is going to lead to, which is dog the, the bounty hunter, literally well, dog but the for bounty hunter, abortion. but like a generation of you know how there's like those Facebook like to catch a pedophile knockoff bullshit. Yeah, just like there's going to be a generation of these guys who are like, oh, your stomach's looking kind of full. You walk by an abortion clinic. What are you think about? Huh? Like yeah. jamming cameras in women's face, like one hundred percent. Of course, that's one of what you're what you're bringing up is actually one of the main reasons why we already have like the the freedom to get abortions to begin with. Because like the the difference between a miscarriage and an abortion in many instances is like 
not that easy to figure out. So what? Now you're just going to fucking police women for, you know, uh, having miscarriage. You're going to jail women that wanted to have children but then had, like, a traumatic experience. I saw her doing jumping jacks. Which, by the way, we do. Like, there are instances where, like, women have been criminally punished for having a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, so that's not even a, that's not even an old thing. So yeah, now because the Supreme court did not act on this, a new law went into effect in Texas that bans abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy. That's usually around when the first documented heartbeat happens. Crazy. That's of course, well before many women even know they're pregnant. So like, even if you don't know you're pregnant and you're actually fucking pregnant, you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you like, Oh shit, you're pregnant. Like you can't get an abortion. Yeah. That's rough. It's not absolutely insane. Like way, way beyond the first trimester. Think about that. Yeah, like, it's tough to have a womb these days. And uh, the law also allows private citizens to sue abortion providers and anyone else who helps a woman obtain an abortion, including those who give them a ride, like the terrorism law. Um, so, you know, as soon as there's cardiac, acti- cardiac activity that's detectable, which is around six weeks, uh, they will... Uh, you know, they, it's now you're not allowed to do that. And other states tried to do this in the past as well. Of course, the heartbeat laws are not new, but, um, those laws were challenged by abortion rights groups and blocked by federal courts again and again. The reason why this one was not taken up by the Supreme court is because they don't use the state mechanism to punish people. They're trying to get other people to punish people for them. So there's probably going to be like, I, dude, the, a the fuckload of money pumped into organizations. So dumb to me too, because like when you really break it down, it's such a symbolic thing. It's because hearts are so easily recognizable. We draw them as kids. Like they're they're a big part of like Christian imagery is like yeah. the heart on fire and stuff like that. But like it's an involuntary function. It's the same as like if they made like a fart law. It's like the first time that fetus breaks wind, that's that's a life. The first yeah. time he shitted on himself, that's life. It's like, no, cognitive function. Cognitive function. That's when a person becomes a person. Yeah, I think like viability outside the fetus is a decent, or viability yeah. outside the womb is a decent metric, but that changes with science too. Because back in the day, we didn't know when the yeah, fuck they there can, was a they heartbeat. They can live in an iron lung, you know, you know? Like and, and it's yeah. just like, it's ridiculous because... Ultimately, having this back and forth uh, completely avoids the real problem of the conversation as to why, like, women should be able to have abortions. And that is their own bodily autonomy. These bills are exclusively to, uh, they work exclusively to rid women of their bodily autonomy. You're literally saying, like, no, I'm going to fucking forcibly make you carry a pregnancy to term, which is already a traumatic experience, even if you do fucking want to have a child. But it's an incredibly traumatic experience when you don't want to have it. It's like literally like, nope, sorry. You did the immoral thing of having sex. Or maybe even you got raped. It does not matter. Ultimately, you have to fucking be punished. You hussy having sex. You need to do what I do. Yeah. Rape little boys. They can't get pregnant. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the church taught me. So what I what I fear now is what what these organizations are going to do. These evangelicals have so much fucking money, and they're just going to fucking pump every abortion clinic with lawsuits like non yeah. fucking stop. And uh, you know that's the that's the big like insane difference here, and the reason why like the Supreme Court simply can't act on it. It's like 
bullshit okay spare me this shit it's fucking bullshit like i mean it's already incredibly difficult for people in texas to get abortions yeah in in red states especially so that the other part of this is that like this doesn't criminalize abortion for uh women in general this only criminalizes abortion or makes it incredibly difficult for poor women to get abortions because like those fucking texas legislators legislature uh members and they're, you know, their mistresses, like, they're going to fucking pl- fly on a private jet, okay? Yeah. To California or wherever the fuck they want to get an abortion. Like they're Ted gonna, Cruz taking the vacation exactly. during the hurricane, yeah. They're going to fucking keep getting their abortions. You just are not going to be able to if you're poor. Yeah, you're going to see some Texas senator's daughter hanging from a Black Hawk helicopter on the way to get yeah. <laughs> like the Taliban. Yeah. So that's where we're at with the insanity with Texas laws. Another incredible law uh, out of the 666 is that, like, teachers are no longer morally obligated to talk about systemic racism or it bars them altogether from talking about contemporary issues with uh, with respect to systemic racism. But they're also not morally obligated to talk about how the KKK was bad. Like, just like such insane stuff that they wrote in. Obviously, the KKK is bad. But if you just want to kind of omit that yeah then that's we've taught it enough yeah everybody knows this that's why we need to you know (laughs) i mean come on we're giving the taliban a second shot let's let the kkk reform we got a few black people who hate that's right we're inclusive now candy sewens he's gonna be we got a gay guy he hates just as much as anyone else we're lgbtq plus yeah that's that's right that's that's true and uh, there's another one, okay? There's another law. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Sure. 21 plus, you don't need to have any license. You don't have to have a concealed carry license. You can just run around with a gun as long as you're over Seems the age of 21. Seems smart. Seems good. Yeah. Well-armed society is a pull-out society. That's as right. As you know. So that yeah, is, that's exciting. The, the shootings outside of like 7-Elevens are going to skyrocket. Yeah. It's uh, it's great, dude. You know when when there's like, when there uh, there is a K-shaped recovery, and the working class, especially like people that are were supposedly you know essential workers that we surely have seemed to have forgotten about, um, you know when they're when they're suffering, when housing markets are unsustainably exploding and yeah. uh, pricing people out of uh their their homes when we have an eviction moratorium that's ending so there's like you know millions of people that are slated to be homeless on the streets it's really cool that you know guns are easy access for I, sure i love that like they were another thing going back to afghanistan people were complaining we we'd left them 118,000 pistols and like you know 300,000 ar15s it's like do we need what what were we supposed to do ship them back to america that's dude? right you what what do you want more guns circulating in the streets dude <laughs> fucking you know, uh, it's a shame that our kids are growing up without guns. Yeah, that's right. Except, you know, we have more guns than... Put guns in libraries. In that's what I say. You want a library to stay quiet? Put some guns in there. Yeah. Um, that's so, when the real learning gets done. So that's that's where we're at with the Texas abortion laws. What do you what do you feel about that? I mean, if... It's Not like, just it's abortion it's laws, it's but like just like Texas laws in general. Man, you, I guess you laugh to keep from crying. You know what I mean? It's... It's so absurd that, like, it's, I don't know, it, it's stranger than fiction, man. Like, even the jokes I can come up with don't see as strange as being able to sue the Uber driver who fucking 
drops off a woman near an abortion clinic. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And you know they're going to fucking set up organizations specifically to do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's like every day I feel like this country is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And, uh, and it, it is mostly because of in many ways like obviously it's capitalism certainly but like republicans are just like they're doing everything they can because they win so much yeah. they're doing every not in the election sense of course they don't win in the elections but they're doing everything to game the system in their favor that like a smaller but very vocal minority of people get to dictate whatever the fuck we do in our lives we just have uh you know what i you know what i came up with the comparison i drew I feel like right now, society, particularly the United States, do you remember the magic eye drawings? No. So they were like, they were almost like blotter prints of like different colors and shit. And if you stared at it long enough, there'd be like a sailboat. There'd be like a hidden image, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like for a lot of people right now, we're seeing the hidden image, right? With the, with, the, with the massive increase in communication technology and, and a kind of a golden age of learning, a lot of us are staring at this thing. And we're going, oh my God, a sailboat. Well, as you know, well, maybe you don't know, but growing up, having those magic eye drawings, there was always those kids in the classroom who couldn't see it. Right? No matter how long they stared at those dots, they never saw the sailboat, and they got pissed. They're like, you're fucking with me. There's no sailboat. And they're like, no, there's, there's a sailboat, though. No matter how long they look at it, they can't see it, right? And they would get angry. Well, we live in a time now where even though you're wrong, there's someone who's making a living buttressing your bad ideas. Oh, for sure. Where they're like, all of a sudden, you know, instead of people being like, no, there's a sailboat. You can, you, you know, just the, now you have people who make it like Tucker Carlson's like, people want to sell you that there's a sailboat. You and I both know that there's no sailboat. And they go, that's right. There is no sailboat. I knew they were gaslighting me. These assholes. And then what he does, he's like, oh, and by the way, no sailboat. You agree with that? And they're like, yeah, I agree with that. And he's like, also, Bill Gates uh, preying on fetuses, putting microchips in you. And he's like, well, he was right about the sailboat. So, I mean, Bill Gates probably a vampire, too. And he's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's and right. also uh, Afghan immigrants. They're, they're uh, you know. Right. And then it just starts you. building. They're like, well, if he's right about the sailboat and he's right about Bill Gates and he's right about Afghans. Yeah. They're trying to put my daughter in a veil. That's right. They want to put her in a burka. Which is really interesting because, uh, you know. And she's got great tits. The world should know about them. This is the, <laughs> the funny part of that is, of course, Muslims in America are yeah. more progressive on LGBT issues and just more progressive in general yeah. than white evangelical Protestants. And uh, whenever I say this, in, in like a higher percentage of Muslim Americans believe in like marriage equality and things like that, than a percentage of white evangelical Protestant Christians. Yeah. So, and the white evangelical Protestant Christians run the fucking shit, okay? They're the ones who are pushing for the abortion laws and all this other stuff. It's not the Muslims that are doing yeah. that. So it's uh, rather ironic that, you know, the conservatives that are, you know, pushing for our version of the Taliban here in America are like, we don't want those immigrants coming because they're conservative. They can't live with our way of lives. I mean, they never say conservative. But See, the they're backwards. The baseline is this. Instead of these people just admitting that they're not very high functioning, like they're not very supremely cognitive and, you know, just let sit back and let smart people kind of run the nation and the, the things that should God be damn run undemocratic. By, yeah. What they're doing is basically going, well, I, I need answers. And you know what? I, I can't understand global warming. Too many numbers there. 
but I can understand a child being sold on Wayfair.com as a sex object. You know what I mean? Like, so like th- these conspiracies and these and these like insane things. It's easier for them to. Bl- it's, it's it's mythology. It's a fun story. It's modern mythology. It's a fun story right. because like it, it's boring if I were to tell you like yeah, of course the government is working at the behest of wealthy benefactors yeah. and they literally get together and openly talk about it in like what is known as summits. Snoozeville. Like uh, or, or put me to sleep. Yeah, or scientists. Where are the this. vampires, Hassan? That's what I'm saying. I want to. <laughs> I want to kind of like sell it as a conspiracy a little bit. You know, just like feed people dialectical materialism as a conspiracy. But yeah. Um, the other the other part of it Dude, is if it, you it, could it. Just scientists sell are that, boring. If you could just sell that critical race theory made penises slightly bigger, they would they would fucking teach it everywhere. It's <laughs> never gonna work. They're lying to you. Yeah, I mean that's true. It's like you just gotta dumb down your rhetoric, I yeah. think, in many ways. And I, I do very well because I'm an idiot. So yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, I, I try to do that as best as I can. Um, speaking no, of, that was that was pretty good. Let's, speaking of American idiots trying to make the world a better place, what what's up? Are you? Is this America me up? I, I was going to, unless you want to cover something else. Are you about to drop it? I was just wanted to look at Larry Elder real quick. Oh yeah, let's look at Larry Elder real quick. But but hey, it's it's you know. So Larry Elder is the uh, front runner in the California recall, which is heating up currently. Uh, CNN did an interview with him. We have to watch it. It's so fucking stupid. Okay, uh, Larry Elder. Just out of principle alone, I just have to say that video, that's a video at the top. Out of principle alone, if someone has debated me and also like, you know, kind of gotten owned, they should not be governor. Okay. <laughs> and and that's what happened to Larry Elder on Fox. So I am not a supporter of this. I don't like Gavin Newsom. Uh, too hot to be governor, yeah. I think. Uh, and Way also just annoying fucking neoliberal uh, shitter. But having said that, I'm going to be fucking voting no on the recall because I'm not a dumbass, okay? The alternatives are literally psychopaths. And there's a very high likelihood given I'm how low behind a hot man and a psychopath. Given given how low the uh, turnout is usually, uh 4 out of 5 Californians still have not, you know, filled in their ballots yet. Yeah. Recalls happening on the 14th of this month. Um Given how low the turnout is on these things, um, you can birthday. have you can have someone like Larry Elder actually fucking sneak in there and yeah. win. Especially because like people hate uh, Gavin Newsom and attribute like you know some of the smart things that he did, like uh, uh, taking decisive and quick action with respect to like shutdowns and whatnot, and they turn that into like a negative. Yeah, fuck that. So let's hear what uh, let's hear what my main man Larry Elder is about. All right, jam that. This is the man who could set off a political earthquake in California. Larry, Larry. Larry Elder, a 69-year-old conservative talk show host turned political candidate, has become the Republican frontrunner. This man that I'm going to defeat. In the race to recall California Governor Gavin Newsom. My agenda is crime. My agenda is homelessness. My agenda is the way the state was shut down. My agenda that agenda, says Elder, includes rolling back the state's COVID restrictions, vowing to repeal mask and vaccine mandates for California state workers. Uh, follow the science? I'm going to follow the science. Uh, I'm going to. I, I don't believe the science uh, suggests that young people should be vaccinated. I'm I don't going to interpret the science, science myself. That young people uh, should have to wear masks. 
uh, at, at school. I'm not sure the science is settled on that at all. And young people are not likely to contract the, uh, the uh, coronavirus. And mm -hmm. when they do, their symptoms are likely to be mild and they're not likely to be hospitalized and they're certainly not likely to die. The science right. says he's wrong on several they, counts. <laughs> Millions of children have tested positive for COVID-19. <laughs> they're being hospitalized <laughs> and masks are proven to prevent the spread of the virus. A California native, Elder, was raised in South Central Los Angeles, made his way to Brown oh, University, shit. and received a yeah. law degree from Michigan. Larry Elder here, the sage from South Central. For 27 years, he was the voice of conservative rage on the radio. Blacks yeah. exaggerate the significance of racism. Affirmative action is wrong. Some of his most controversial <laughs> comments over the years were about things Why like systemic racism and him. policing. The studies do not show that the police are pulling black people over just because they're black. The studies do not show the police are killing black people just because Wrong. they're black. It is false. Wait, if I had known second? there'd be so many people, I would have prepared something to say. Literally new investigation into the Beverly Hills Police Department, I believe, showed oh, that yeah. like 150 black people were arrested in Beverly Hills and like I think 10 Latino people were arrested and like zero white people. <laughs> like, yeah, they yeah. they must all be criminals, man. It's crazy. It's like, no, they literally are. Yeah. Sir, are you aware that you're a black man in Beverly Hills? Yeah. I, I love this dude. He's a black conservative. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just he's just doing, doing the, the white supremacist shit. Let's keep going. Yeah views after a career in talk radio are extreme but at least on two policies elder tells me he would not try to implement them if elected governor am i opposed to the minimum wage yes am i going to do, any, am I gonna do anything about it absolutely not he believes That's in a zero dollar minimum on wage. my agenda list on immigration Jesus. elder suggested in a 2010 column a constitutional amendment to deny citizenship to children of undocumented immigrants a politically explosive position in a state rich with immigrants. Are you going to do things like deny medical care and education to undocumented immigrants in the state? Um, again, not even close to anything on my agenda. As Elder's political star rises, his decades of comments on race and women, <laughs> mocking sexual assault, no, and saying women no less than men about politics black men? are drawing yeah. fresh scrutiny. No. I've always felt that minorities and women complain too much about racism and sexism. <laughs> Elder tweeted that women have no right to maternity leave in addition to what? other sexist comments. I have great deal of respect for women. My mom was a mom, was a woman. I my mom my was a woman. Why do you bring up these kinds of issues? When I'm on the campaign trail and I meet a lot of women, nobody says to me, "You know, Larry, I'm concerned about what you're going to do about women." Just you guys. I love that. All right, that's. that's I asked that's Larry enough. Elder whether he wants. So, <laughs> I have so much respect for familiar women. faces. It's like the Dave Chappelle clan I, book. Yeah. Stupid black men. Yeah. Is the name of his book? I mean, dude, that's black conservatism through I'm and through, surprised baby. he just didn't go with the N-word at that point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he's you know done that too, but uh he's uh he's Jesus, he's, he's wonderful. Man. He's a wonderful guy. I think he has like some some kind of like sexual uh, domestic abuse charge, sorry, uh, pulling a gun on his wife. Like, there's great. He believes in zero dollar minimum wage, which is awesome, you know, which would be slavery, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, he is just that's Larry Elder, baby. Let's go. Larry Elder is like, I mean, that's how we built the country, isn't it? Yeah, come he, on. He's like, I'm talking, yeah, everybody talk about let's <laughs> go back to you know the new deal era, let's go back to. 
to the cotton gin era. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's go back to when this nation was really booming. Yeah, he's you know industrial powerhouse. That's right. He's a uh, he's he's a ridiculous person in general. Um, but uh, he could win if you don't go Jesus, out and fucking vote. Man, so you know, that good is luck. Scary. Like, do I ultimately think it's going to be all that different? Uh, yeah, I think there will be uh, definitely inconveniences. Especially with respect to like, well, not even inconvenience, but like gigantic differences between like how. Yeah, I'll be inconvenienced by when I need to get stitches in my finger from cutting a bagel, but every emergency room is taken by someone with pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> from well, fucking COVID, dude. Well, there's yeah, that. Yeah, that's an inconvenience. There's that. No, no. I, what, what I was trying to say is like, I, the Democrats run the state in a very conservative fashion regardless, but. Um, but like you pointed out correctly, like when it comes to COVID, like, no, they're, they're doing a good job. They're doing yeah. a decent fucking job. So shut the fuck up. Um, and the numbers show it. But the thing is like, when he says, I'm going to deal with homelessness, like he's going to deal with homelessness by like murdering homeless people. Yeah. He's going to hit him with the old Giuliani. Yeah. He's just like, he's going to fucking, Oh, is it freezing outside? Yeah. Let me just bar the doors to all these homeless shelters. Well, you Whoops. can't you can't really do that in California because it's never freezing outside. But like, yeah. he's just gonna come in with like a street sweeper and just like sweep over the fucking tent cities. And a lot of people would probably vote for that. When in fact, like, the way to permanently eradicate homelessness is not literally by eradicating homeless people by murdering them or like pushing them away outside the city limits or anything like that and criminalizing it, but instead by finding permanent shelter and putting them through programs where they can, you know. Uh, uh, personally, uh, well, you say tomato. Personally, I say go and yeah, genocide, personally go and okay? and and get into permanent shelter and also rehabilitation programs. Yeah, those w those would be nice, but we still can't even get insulin. So you know, <laughs> baby right. steps, baby steps. All right, so America me up after after the most American oh, man. thing that we could have done. If you thought that was American, let me tell you about a patriot by the name of Sean Nelson. Now, this story has been told many times okay, in many different ways. But I think part of the story, his, the, the, you know, the, the, the best part, his entrepreneurial spirit, that's what really gets left out. So have you ever heard of the 1995 San Diego tank massacre? No, I have not heard of <laughs> well, this. Well, let me tell you, sir. Like, get, get, just feast your eyes on this and then we'll run it back. Get a, get a look, okay? So this is Sean Nelson piloting a tank through the <laughs> through the streets of San Diego in 1995. Wait, it has like a cannon and everything. Oh, it's got a machine gun. It's got a cannon. It's got a oh. laser sight capable of targeting He's targets two miles away. Oh, if you think that's bad, he rolled over 40 cars. Bro, this is Grand Theft Auto. He literally has like... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He's pulling a Grand Theft Auto. He's breaking like traffic lights. Big time. So let's go ahead and pause. Let's, let's, let's dial. How do so, we get here? Yeah, how do we get it? Sean Nelson was a tank pilot for the military. And he was operating overseas in Germany. When he came back to the United States, he started a plumbing business. Mm -hmm. and everything was good for Sean Nelson until he found a little way to, uh, you know, relax and unwind like most Americans. He started smoking crystal meth. 
Facts. And he, and he got big into crystal meth, especially he had a motorcycle crash, dinged his back all up, and he he found that the best way to alleviate the pain was with a beer and that meth pipe at the end of the day. Okay. So now his his wife takes him to divorce court. She leaves him. Oh, no, another victim of divorce another court. Another victim of divorce court. And, you know, he's living in his house in San Diego all, all by himself. When during a meth fit, he has one of the greatest entrepreneurial ideas of all time. He's going to set up a gold mine in his backyard. Is there gold in his backyard? Well, he says there is. That's so libertarian, dude. He's such a libertarian. He sets up a mine in his backyard. And he starts sifting for gold. And he sets up a sluice, which is like where you pan for gold in his hot tub. Facts. And he gets an operation going. Now, he needs people to run this operation. So he gets all of his meth head friends. And they're working the mine round the They're probably so clock. efficient, though. Cause like, so efficient. They're probably, like, nonstop working. So efficient that they get so deep and there's so much noise that the state comes to them. And they're like, what are you doing? And so he files for mineral, mineral rights in his backyard. Now, unfortunately, Hassan, no gold in his backyard in San Diego. So what he starts doing is hiring neighborhood kids to steal gold which then he melts down and plants in his mind for the other meth heads to find so that eventually the meth heads are paying him in meth so that they can work his mind, which he's planting gold in, so that the meth heads will find the gold and pay him more meth to work his mind. And it's just a perfect operation. Yeah. So I, I see no problem with this. No, no operation. Well, anyway, tensions run high. When accusations that he's planting gold in his meth mine. So there's a lot of wrestling going on. A lot of shirtless wrestling. And he eventually breaks his neck. During a a heated wrestling match. This is going to a place that I did not expect it to go to. Oh, yeah. Wait. And his friend who is a nurse, a meth nurse, just basically does her best to fix his broken neck. With more meth, I, I suspect. That's bang. Right on the nose. Okay, good. Anyway... The meth operation reaches heights unknown. His friends start bailing on him because they realize this is a scam. And without a wife. You, you're telling me that. And without a steady. The operation got to a point where meth heads were like, oh, fuck this. dude!" Yes. <laughs> without a steady influx of meth, he's getting kind of desperate. So he turns to even more meth. Of At course, this point. As you would. He has a vision with his friend where he envisions a laser device that can incept ideas in people's head. And he also envisions that he needs to steal a tank to fight a dragon. This is good stuff right. so far. So he just walks onto the uh, San Diego National Guard base. And not many people know this, but at the time, you didn't need keys to start a tank. That seems just, like an oversight problem. Yeah, yeah in retrospect. Yeah, kind of, kind of fucked up there. So he just walks onto the San Diego National. Are we sure you need a key now for tanks? Yes, I'm fairly sure. (laughs) And he just push starts one of these tanks, and he goes on a rampage for the next few hours, flattening forty cars, causing hundreds of thousands of damage, if not millions, and leaving over five thousand San Diegans without power. 
Now, the police in San Diego, they have no ability to stop the tank. Spike strips do nothing. They can't pit the thing. It's just it's just brutal. So they decide that they're going to call in Comanche attack helicopters. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. From the local San Diego military base. But but they realize that this might be a war crime to use a, a Apache attack helicopters on a on San US soil. Yeah. Yeah. So they're studying the legality of this. They're not they're not Afghans, so they right. can't just like fucking drone them. And at this point, Sean Nelson runs aground on a on a basically an intersection on the highway. Oh my god, it's the America's poor infrastructure that that yes, got him. A pit a, a pothole does him in, finally. Oh, of course, dude. I was gonna say that. You know, that's the reason why we can't do those like sick military parades. Yeah. Is our infrastructure. There you go. So he's stuck in his tank. And they finally get this thing open, and they just shoot him. Oh, wow. They shot him. They shot him before they asked him any questions. That's fucked up. They just open up. up the hatch and kill him. That's fucked up. But because of this, it literally changed how Americans store a mil- military vehicles and weapons nationwide for the rest of history because of this meth entrepreneur. Yeah, meth entrepreneur. Methpreneur? And I maintain that if San Diego had given him those mineral rights, he'd still be mining to this day. Yeah. And steal stealing with children. Using children to well, steal. You know, let's not let's not look a gift horse in the mouth here. I mean, this guy, he he literally built a jobs program yep. for addicts. Yep. Okay. He yeah. uh, <laughs> he was teaching he was teaching kids uh the importance of uh good work ethic early That's right. on. That's right. Okay. He was, uh, you know, he, he was just, he was a big advocate for modern medicine. Yep. He um, would also inspire another tank rampage soon after called the Killdozer. But that's a story for another time. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, this is. Because the guy couldn't steal a tank. He built his own tank. Oh, my fucking God. Gee, I think, dude, I don't even. I mean, yeah. you can't. Like, I love this story, especially because it ends up with like shitty infrastructure doing him in. <laughs> yeah, I did. Cause like that's true. That's the reason why we can't have like tanks rolling through the streets in the yeah. same way that like they do in North Korea and stuff. Because it, North Korean streets are pristine. I guess better built than American infrastructure, which will cave immediately with tanks yep. going over them. They just like go significantly above the weight limit. Yeah. And we'll cave our streets in. So I love that. I love that story. I wanted to teach you a little bit about American oh. history, though. Yeah, that's right. You got that's one a little, for me. Little role reversal. Little tet. Yeah. Okay. H- how do you like that? So, for those of you watching at home, and for you as well, Will, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but racism is kind of a problem in yeah, the United I've States of that. America. Yeah, it's kind of. A I big mean, deal. I don't know if you've read uh, that book. Stupid black man. Yeah, by but, Larry Elder. By Larry Elder. Yeah. But it changed how I think about racism. Yeah. So so, you know, <laughs> racism kind of a kind of not nice, kind of not good. Right. Well, there is an industrious man who uh, is a brilliant uh, auteur, artist, celebrated musician, Ice okay. Cube. Oh. That also knew as a black man growing up in America that racism was a big problem and he sure. wanted to solve it. So what did Ice Cube do? Well, in 2006, in a very important year, Ice Cube decided to uh, produce a television show, a reality TV show oh my God. for FX. Okay. The show was called Black, period, dot, White, period, dot. 
Now, the premise of the show is as follows. I don't know if I should tell you what the show's about okay. or if I should just show you the introduction like <laughs> theme song that Ice Cube shot. Um, I think we should just ready. show you the the, yeah. the theme song of the show. Uh, first of all, it's called The Race Card. That's the name of the song. The name of the song is called Race Card. Okay. Okay. You're going to notice something here. It's already giving you the game away a little bit. <laughs> okay. You're going to notice something really quick. Okay. Everything wow, no, no add on this one. Wild. Interesting. Did you get your race card? Hell no. I didn't get my race card. Did you get your race card? Oh my god. What's going no. on there? No. What's going on there? No. Oh uh, wow, those are wait, okay, you can pause it. <laughs> yeah. As you as you may have picked up, and for those of you listening at home, there are there's a sequence of white people that then put on blackface. Yep. Because that was the premise of the show. The premise of the show, black white, was a family of three, a black family of three and a white family of three swap races and places in an effort to better understand the plight of the other side. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and for that reason, of course they did blackface and they did whiteface with the black family and blackface with the white family. Oh yeah. I've been watching the show on stream and it is, it is a gold mine. Wow. It is one of the most incredible things. First of all, you know, Obama got elected. Because thank you this. thank you yeah thanks thank thanks, you ice cube. cube like he did that he got his race card yeah so uh but that it doesn't end there oh no in 2006 this show ended up winning an emmy what yes for makeup <laughs> the show black white ended up winning an emmy we gave an emmy for blackface in 2006 Yes, this show ended up winning an Emmy. So what you're seeing in front of you is award-winning blackface. Okay, it's not just any regular old blackface. It's award-winning I mean, this blackface. is the best blackface money can buy. Yeah, it's just... Actually, it's terrible, but... Uh, and not huh? I'm not even saying, like, immoral and not terrible. Not the Academy, Hassan. Yeah, it's just wonderful that, you know, there was such great television back in the day, and now it's like... Yeah, they were willing to take chances, weren't they? Yeah, so it uh, it ended after one season, unfortunately, because racism was solved. Yeah, fortunately, I mean, they got they got Barack Obama in office. What else do you want? Yeah, so come on. So it ended after one season. Ice Cube, uh, as uh, uh, late as like last year in February, defended the show, saying like it it cre it basically caused the white family to break up and have a divorce. And that what? Uh, there were so many truths that it was too hard for the government, uh, not the government, for, too, too hard for the networks to handle. Like the truths were too real. They were too powerful. And the reason why <laughs> the they- Blackface was too strong. Yeah, it was too good. The blackface was too good. Award-winning blackface. But the thing is like you see it. You see why they broke up because the wife and the daughter and the white family like kind of start realizing it's like this is- Bad. Fucked up. Whereas the dad is just, he just gets progressively more racist. Oh, God. The dad is Italian. Oh, yeah. And because of that reason, I thought he would understand the plight of POC, but, you know, he no. did not. So that's what I, I wanted to show you that a little bit. It, it's just, it's just great. It's wonderful. It, it, it misses the mark on so many different ways. In the end, like, 
you do start realizing like that the like i said the wife and the daughter from the white family are just like yo this is like kind of fucked up like i'm i'm getting a better perspective but the entire time i was thinking like you didn't need to do blackface for this at all did you get your race card and also not only that but even after they realize that this is like kind of fucked up they still keep doing blackface which is very funny it's yeah really good isn't the dad still doing blackface so this thing just feels more comfortable <laughs> I, well, I, hey <laughs> this is just how i dress now yeah the amount of times he says the n-word is insane no oh dude he says the n-word all the time like all the time bruno did they encourage him to do that? I don't know. Were they like, you're black now, so do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, black Bruno says the N-word. White Bruno says the N-word. White Bruno will get mad. They go to a comedy club at a certain point. I think it's like episode three or something. They go to a black comedy club. And they go to a black comedy club in blackface, of course. Um, obviously, <laughs> as you would. No, no, no. They do so many. They go to a slam poetry session in blackface. They go to an African-American wax museum in blackface. Like oh, They're doing so gosh. much in blackface. The only time Bruno admits that there's racism is when he's in blackface and they go to a black neighborhood and his wife is no longer in blackface and he gets bad looks from uh, some of the dudes there, which Bruno claims, you know, one of them was a gangster and he had, you know, the gangster bandana and he looked like he was about to say, I'll fuck you up. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's the only time he ever admits Truth there's racism bombs. is when black people are doing it to him yeah. when he's in blackface. Interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Before we uh, before we end the broadcast, uh, after we uh, figured out why we haven't gotten any advertisers yep. yet, yep. Um, you know, let's do a, let's do a voicemail. Hi, boys. Um, my name is May, and I'm from Switzerland, so I apologize nice. if the accent is intense or anything. Um, basically, um, I've been really enjoying the podcast and all of your other content, and I'm a big tattoo enthusiast. Oh. And as far as I know, um, neither of you have any tattoos right now. So I was just wondering if you ever were to get a tattoo, what would it be? Um, what style would it be in? Where yeah. would you put it? All that stuff. Okay, uh, keep up the good work, and thank you for all the content. Oh, Easy. man. Go ahead. Full-blown sleeve, back tattoo, Yakuza style. Nice. Just entire body. Nice. That's part of the reason why I have held off on tattoos, because I feel like they're very addicting. Yeah. And, like, you never see someone with, like, a couple tattoos. Like, That's you true. usually see people with just, like, fully, they just slowly but surely through time, invest more and more into yeah. it and become tattoo guys tattoos i think automatically improve your look for guys especially like yeah. you could be the most like average looking white dude and you get some tattoos like all of a sudden bam Bad you're boy. like fucking adam yeah. divine or levine or whatever the fuck his so, name so is. the reason i don't have tattoos and this is actually kind of i guess this will be interesting for you the the you know the person who asked this because it's haram and islam and no why. i uh i <laughs> actually would only get tattoos from a certain number of artists like i am totally reserving myself uh uzi in south korea is one sad amish tattooer in france is one um basically people i follow i'm i'm such an art snob that i would only let like five people on the planet tattoo me and i'm waiting for one of them to do it probably uzi in south korea Ink uh, Magazine reached out to me and was like, would you ever be down to get your first ever tattoo in our studio in New York? That's interesting. Well, if they can get Uzi, I'll do it with you. Uzi's sick, bro. Yeah. I would get a, I'd, and what I'd get is a Kitsune. Uh, I'd get a Fox Spirit, like, but like very sexy, very dangerous, very yeah. violent. 
I, I would 100% do cultural appropriation on tattoos. <laughs> I'm just going to let you guys know. So, like, make no mistake. If you think that I'm not doing cultural appropriation on tattoos, guess what? You're crazy. You're out of your mind. There's so yeah. much cool shit out there. Like, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm going to fucking do it. Okay? You know? My big fear always, like, another thing that I'm worried about is, like, someone's going to write, like, you know, in Japanese, like, you know, I... Dickhead. Yeah, I'm a fucking yeah. idiot, like, or some shit like that, you know? Three million dollar house. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're going to write. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very upsetting. Um, all right, we can do one more. All right, let's do easy. another one. Hi, Will and Hassan. My question is, what are your thoughts on academia? And do you think that mm. academics can enact real change, or are they just elitist pricks? I'm thinking about doing a PhD, which will likely lead to a career in academia. But my biggest reservation is that I won't actually contribute anything meaningful to the world and just end up becoming part of a group of circle-jerking douchebags. For context, I've just finished my honours thesis on gatekeeping and incel community, and if I were to do a PhD, I would likely continue researching the alt-right and other extremist online subcultures. Thank you, and much love from Australia. Yeah, I think the quote uh, I always like is Twain. I never let uh, my schooling get in the way of my learning, I believe is how that quote goes. Yeah, I think, dude, I, school is what you make it. Academia is what you make it, right? Uh, I think the problem is uh, falling under the belief that the only learning that can occur is in, a, is in an academic environment. I think you're always learning. In fact, I think when people stop learning and growing, that's when they become old. Um, but, uh, just like any ideas, even academic ideas are, you know, should be, uh, suspect to, to questioning should be subject to, uh, you know, your, your own line of thought and there is no absolute way of thinking. And I think academia, sometimes that's the fart sniffing, right? Is that like, Oh, you didn't go to school. I mean, look, it's super elitist. It's super gatekeepy. You get paid uh, dog dick for <laughs> no reason. So then like the only thing that you have is cultural capital. Yeah. And every single person that's like come before you, uh, that you have to, you know, defend your dissertation in front of and things like that are all going to be assholes. That's just the reality. And I'm telling you this from like first, not firsthand experience, but like from what my mom goes through, what my dad has gone through. Uh, I, I see it and I notice it and it's very frustrating. Uh, a lot of them are relentless fucking neolibs. They're so annoying. Okay. But ultimately I think that it's great. I mean, dude, there's wonderful PhDs in my community yep. as I'm sure you're aware of. And, uh, you know, it, it's what you make of it. So as long as you don't lose sight of your perspective and your values and don't get too caught up in the fart sniffing and ironically the gatekeeping, cause that is something that happens in academia there a lot, which is why I thought it was ironic when you were like, I wrote a, piece on gatekeeping in the insult community it's like so you just wrote a piece about the academics <laughs> just kidding that's not true they fuck all the time they literally fuck their tas non-stop so uh they are actually horny little fuckers too but uh and they shouldn't do that and then they become new york times op-ed writers but that's besides the point um you know there's there's a lot of brainwashing that occurs in that in that field as well but it is always good to have you know uh, smart young leftist voices there that are challenging the orthodoxy but ultimately i think there is a lot of value in education and pursuing an education so i would uh, I, I would definitely tell you to keep doing uh what you're doing especially if you can survive doing it 
and especially if you love doing it, yep. who knows where uh, your work might end up. You might, you know, you might, especially if you're looking at like alt-right radicalization on the internet, like yeah. these are fields, this is a subject matter that is going to be incredibly important and uh, will open up many other opportunities for your research as well in the future because it goes side by side with a lot of the uh, mainstream media narratives and, and what we're even seeing today with like QAnon and uh, disinformation spreading like wildfire on the internet. We yeah. don't have a good understanding of the internet yet and, and how it has disastrous consequences on yeah. mankind. Maybe Ted Kaczynski was right. Who knows? But And and he, who knows? Maybe one day you'll be able to goodwill hunting someone at the bar and be like, oh, you read your Stan Wood? You know, you, you read it? That's why, that's why you should. Yeah, you it. like them apples. And then, you know, you go home with someone hot. Anyway, that's that. <laughs> that's this episode. That's why you should stay in academia. Yeah, exactly. Just for that one <laughs> fleeting, this magic moment. That's it for that's, Fear that's and all, Malding. Yeah. Leave those positive reviews. Make so, sure to like, subscribe, rate yep. and review, obviously. And Absolutely. find us wherever you find your podcast. And reach out to some brands you think would like us. Because right now... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to crowdsource brand deals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you own a brand and you're desperate for advertising, Fear and Malding for all your advertising needs. Yeah. Sure. This episode might be called Award-Winning Blackface. But there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll see you Peace. next week. Talk it. I'm saying it, dude. What's up, everybody? If you just enjoyed that episode, I need you to do the following. Put your hand on your mouse. Move that mouse in an orbital fashion until the cursor lands atop one of the buttons you see on your screen. Hit the subscribe Hit the bell, hit the follow, whatever you please, so that you can get the most fear and molding for your buck.